Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. All right, I know you want to get to the podcast, so I'm going to keep this short. Opera Box Score needs your donation to retain its title as America's talk radio show about opera. You can give on our website, operaboxscore.com slash donate. When you throw even 10 bucks our way, it helps us promote the show to more listeners. Just 20 bucks helps cover our website costs. Chip in 50 bucks and we can pay to wax Tobias's back. But for real, please consider a donation of any amount to help us continue to bring you our hot takes on everything opera-related. Operaboxscore.com slash donate. Enjoy the podcast. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! All right, now with President-elect Donald Trump's inauguration this Friday, who knows if any of us will be around on Monday. So, we here at the OBS figured that if we don't make it through the weekend, well, we might as well go out with a bang. So, we bring you our Armageddon special, which is where we're pulling out all the stops. Starting off, it's the first TKO match of 2017, and it's a masked Mezzo Royal Rumble. Can you guess which mezzo-soprano dares to take on five challengers? Which one will emerge as vocal royalty? George and Dinah take sides, trying back a winner. And then at the bottom of the hour, Oliver plays Monday evening quarterback and reviews the current production of Mozart's The Magic Flute at Lyric Opera of Chicago. And, of course, you get all your opera headlines and our hot takes on them in the two-minute drill. That's in 40 minutes. This show is absolutely packed because, hey, who the hell knows what's going to happen to us all? Oliver Camacho, how are you feeling about Happy MLK Day, everybody. Thank you. I I was... uh... I didn't finish your cards, uh, so they might be coming late this year, your MLK card. That's, that's kind mail. of you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, hey, how are you feeling about the inauguration? Uh, I'm dreading it. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, impeachment happens on the very first day. I, I, I or at give, least they start it, you know, before yeah. they completely repeal Obamacare. I'm, I'm totally honest about this. I give Trump less than 50-50 odds of making it all the way through the four-year term. So we're talking sports now? I, I, oh, odds aren't sports. Speaking of sports, the Australian Open started officially today, yesterday in Chicago, because Australia is like ahead by a day. But uh, that means I'm not going to sleep for the next two weeks, everybody. What about what about those uh, those Chiefs? Wait, Tobias, so something, Tobias something about like Green Bay Packers yesterday was a good thing or a bad thing? It was a good thing. I mean, okay. if you like the Packers, okay, they they won. I like the Packers. Okay, but we're as Chicagoans not supposed to like the Packers, right? Well, they, they we're supposed to like the Bears, and they're in the yeah. same conference as but us. But the Bears are not good. The Bears are dreadful. Okay. <laughs> the Bears are dreadful. Okay. Try Dinah. Try it now. Hello. Can you hear me? <gasps> yes. There it's you are. It's me. I'm here. <laughs> Yay. Hi, guys. I actually we were wa- talking about sports. But I actually watched <laughs> sports yesterday. You did? I Which like, sport did you watch? I watched the football game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. I even like put it on Snapchat. <laughs> and I ate wings and sat on a couch. Oh, my goodness. And had queso and drank beer and watched a football game. And the entire time I was whispering, like, what's going on? Wow. What is that called? Who's yeah. that guy? <laughs> That's but there were some uh, nail-biting, ten, like, tense moments. I typically watch the Super Bowl because uh, I enjoy the food. Right. And I enjoy the commercials. Oh, my goodness. The Super Bowl, yeah. 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 The but ki- the real Super Bowl, the gay Super Bowl, is the Oscars, we all know. So. Real, I don't, I don't think of the Oscars as gay, somehow. 
<laughs> as you, you say that, as your legs are completely crossed. <laughs> I didn't think they're gay. And you're wearing an ascot and a monocle. <laughs> I know, right, exactly. Like, I'm like Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Uh, no, I, um, I was just going to tease Tobias because oh. he was a big fan of this, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they, they're lost. They're oh, out. But so. is Tobias even listening? Do we even know? Uh, I'm sure he's he too is. busy studying Hi, Verdi Tobias. over there. Yeah, exactly. Getting a tan. Oh, he's, what is he singing again? He told us Goro. He's singing Goro. Or he's covering Goro. I forget. He's in Madame Butterfly. He's in the chorus. He's doing the humming chorus. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, exactly. He's the official hummer. The official hummer. Look, I, I, like want, hummer. I, I want to get to TKO right away because it's been a while. Oh, I know. I miss TKO. Yeah. Me too. And that's already 9.08. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's do the TKO after a rough start. Okay. Is this a new sound effect? TKO on the OBS. It has been a while since we've done the TKO segment. Yeah. Well, the challenge is that um, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but like the the people that are on the Opera Box Score panel aren't uh, record audiophiles. They're not like recordophiles. Record, right. You know. And so I love recordings, and I'm yeah. like I represent like the old generation of like queens that listen to opera. You know. Yeah, on, but that's why I like stuff. the segment because I actually learn something every right. time. But we need to get some other queens in here, like who no recording so we can do like really good like you choose the person you're gonna bag you choose the person we're gonna bag yeah. and like okay. we and they come up with real evidence it's not just me like feeding ideas <laughs> get, some, get some guests in here yeah, yeah 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 like um you know there are some people that were on the opera on the opera now panel that, that yeah. could do it very well really knew know? what they yeah. were talking about yeah. but um we well, never had sorry. that segment on opera now so well hey you know how to contact us uh at opera box score on twitter yeah. website is opera box score so i thought we would do something interesting today let's have like a royal rumble okay let's have one singer go up against five different singers oh, this sounds dirty yes. <laughs> it is uh for <laughs> and we're gonna go with a mezzo soprano today since we have diana uh, fisher participating in her first that's right yeah. my first, in her TKO. first tko yes so um, you don't have to back uh, anybody in particular. You don't have to, you know, you could just decide which of the two clips you like better and yeah. why. And then after you say why you like it, I'll say why I liked it or didn't like it, you know. So um, our first clip uh, is the introduction of the cabaletta of the second aria of Isabella from Italian Garden Algiers. This is Rossini, everybody. Uh, we're going to hear the same uh, intro to the cabaletta twice. All right. Oh, <laughs> 
sometimes artistic choices are the conductor's choice. Mm -hmm. But uh, both of these singers uh, have performed this role on stage and have recorded it a couple times. And there's pirates out there and videos out there. And the way they both phrase, um, it, this is basically how they do it, how they perform it live, how they performed it live. And especially with bel canto, the singers have a little bit more control about about tempos and, and what they want to express with the music. I so mean, the second clip is like noticeably slower. Oh yeah 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 yeah. It's so the, the first the challenger. Yes. Who uh, went first? Who went first? Uh, what do you guys think? What is your? I thought the vibrato was fantastic. You it's, liked the vibrato. I okay. loved it. Okay. <clears throat> I could listen to that all night. I'm trying to. So you like the tone quality? You're, you're I like really... the tone quality. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, Dinah? This is so hard. Yeah. Can I say who I think it is, or are we not? Uh, are we we could do that. Are yeah, we not I mean, spoiling. We could we could do that after we hear the after okay, after we decide who. Um, I really like the first one. Yeah, she had a. Yeah, her vibrato was really nice. Okay. It was a little. Yeah, it was just kind of like fast and kind of escaped yeah, sparkly, me. Yeah, sparkly. Yeah, spicy. Yeah. yeah, it was like yeah, it was a little spicy, and then mm. I like. I mean, I I didn't really have anything negative to say about it. It was beautiful. Okay, but if you had to choose between one or the oh other, God. what would you choose? It's fine. Oh, the you, first one, no question. You like the first one better. Okay. I thought the second one was pitchy. I thought the intonation was a little off. Okay. I agree. I would say the first one. Okay. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, for me, um, this is Rossini. Right. And Rossini is really great with writing a hook. And he gives you these little, you know, two bar phrases that are so mm -hmm. catchy. And um, the first singer kind of went through the introduction of the theme so fast that you couldn't hear the notes. Mm -hmm. And then, but it was impressive that she could do it that fast. Mm -hmm. But it was sort of like, you know, the, the notes were not very cleanly articulated. So you don't know exactly mm -hmm. what the pitches were. Whereas... The second singer uh, really leaned into every pitch and showed you exactly what melody we're working with here. Oh, and I then see. and then brought, you know, and used rubato then to mm. bring in the speed mm -hmm. and the virtuosity. It wasn't virtuosic from the start, but you could really hear the hook so that the next time we hear it, when they do the recapitulation or the, you know, the, the repeat of the Cavaletta theme, then you could start doing your variations. So I personally preferred the second version because of how clean it was and also how you heard so much legato not a lot of registration breaks and it was like just mm -hmm. it was just super legato so that's kind of two two to one that's interesting. us two against it you was a hard choice though yeah. like i really had to yeah. okay was hard well since Split i decision since i put this together i'm declaring <laughs> the second singer goes on to the next round that's fine. <laughs> was, otherwise you destroy this premise <laughs> the first singer was agnes balza in her yes. studio recording of this opera uh, with claudio Abado from 1987 she's mm. a nut singer like she's, she's amazing. She, I love her. Her low range is like, ugh. So All right. So speaking of virtuosity, let's hear uh, some Handel. Uh, this is uh, the triumph aria uh, Venti Turbini from the opera Rinaldo. Yeah. 
Okay, so before you chime in, I just wanted to say what I think is important. I said uh, Triumph Aria. I meant to say Vengeance Aria. Mm. Um, but I want to chime in and tell you what I think is supposed to be happening here. Uh, this was uh, a role written for a castrato. A mm-hmm. uh, very, you know, low um, alto voice that has p- potential to sing very high. I mean, these castratis had enormous ranges. Um, but the tessitura for the role of Ronaldo is very low. Mm-hmm. And these days have been has been assumed mostly by countertenors, but um, you know in the early you know revival of Handel operas they were sung by mezzo sopranos. There are not so many true altos out there. This mezzo soprano uh, that won the first round, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, has a really excellent lower range and can can sing some of this contralto repertoire. And who obviously sang second here because yeah. the first singer was. Was a man. It was. It was yeah, a so, man. So, so, Dude looks like a lady. So now that you know that, that's why I chose this clip. Besides the virtuosity, also the tessitura. Uh, what What is your feeling about these two clips? Go ahead, Dinah. I I always like hearing countertenors and mezzos sing side by side. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating. Yeah. Um, the second clip for me, just that low ranges. I mean, everything that she did was it was perfect. I think it was, and it had, I had a great flow. I could hear all her words. Mm-hmm. Um, I could hear like the, the message of the piece, you yeah, know, vengeance. The effect, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. And it was beautiful. And it was just, since I, <laughs> it was just clean. It was really yeah. great. It was beautiful. You, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. There was like a real edge yeah. to that second aria. Uh, vengeance, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like you really heard that in the voice. I, I guess I would describe it as like a, a very open sound. I don't know if that's the right descriptor mm-hmm. or not, but man, there was just something very compelling about the, the, the grittiness. It wasn't terribly beautiful because I don't think it should be. Mm-hmm. So abs- for my vote, absolutely, the second singer mm-hmm. okay, cool. wins well, that round. The, the challenger in this case was David Daniels and his studio recording with mm-hmm. the Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment in 1998 under Roger Norrington. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of David Daniels. Uh, Me too. I have seen him in this role of Ronaldo. Um, I think that he has, you know, great fioratura, mm-hmm. uh, but that is in such a tricky register for countertenors. And the the kind of rule uh, for countertenors is that you're not allowed to switch into your modal voice. Oh, it'd be I very see. easy yeah. for him to like achieve more you know, heft in the sound if he could just flip over into, you know, a baritone or like low, a low tenor, you know, range, which is possible. And I've heard countertenors do it for mm-hmm. fun, you know, but you're supposed to keep everything, you know, in the falsetto to, to be truly that voice type, you know. So the, 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 the masked mezzo. God! The masked mezzo. <laughs> I was trying to keep it sing. together so hard. <laughs> um, really has this incredible chest register that <sighs> she can bring up really high. And also can do coloratura in it, which is very, very tricky to do coloratura in chess. She's just so. a beast. Like, she's yes. ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next round. We should, uh, we need to step aside for one second, okay. actually, and then we'll get to the next round. Okay. After the break, you're okay. listening to Opera Box Score on WNUR 89.3 FM. Again, number in the studio 847-866-WNUR. Feel free to give us a call. You can also tweet us at Opera Box Score. We're going to be right back to continue the TKO segment after this. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this. 
It's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. You've never done anything so hard in your life. You don't understand how you can finish. It takes inner strength and desire to become a Marine. When I, I finished, I was like, I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. Hi, I'm Judith Light, and I'm here for my flu shot. Did you know there's an option for people 65 and older? Flu season is here, and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for our age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older. TKO on the OBS. George Cedarquist here on Opera Box Score with Oliver Camacho. Hey, everybody. And with Dinah Fisher. Hello. We are in the middle of a ferocious TKO battle. We're Royal Rumble. and contrasting <laughs> opera singers. It is Royal Rumble. Yeah. So we have one mezzo-soprano who's fighting off five different challengers on five different pieces of repertoire. Exactly. And we're on round three. So we've heard a lot of the flashy stuff. Let's do some true legato and some beautiful phrasing. Uh, let's listen to the sort of famous theme from the aria Mon cœur souvratavois the from the opera Samson Delilah
so before you guys tell me what you guys think, uh, I just want to say that was one of you know the most famous phrases in the whole opera, mm. maybe in the entire mezzo repertoire. And uh, it is a very treacherous phrase to sing because of, it just keeps going down and down. And then you have to do this leap up, you know, past the chest register back into like upper middle. And uh, it's a really tricky thing to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And plus this aria of the sensuality of this aria invites really, really long phrases and also the most deluxe tone quality you could muster. That said, what do you think? I'm crying. <laughs> oh, first of all, Samson and Delilah, this is Sasson, right? No, that's Delilah. No, no, no. The composer. composer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Saint-Saëns. I mean, no one ever does this show, really. Yeah, they do it. It's done pretty regularly. Really? Yeah. Okay. I guess it's just... Maybe not in Germany, because you're always there. No, it's not not because of that. I just just don't think of of Saint-Saëns as like an opera composer, really. Okay. Well, it's it's pretty standard rep. Yeah. I, I I love the second one. Okay. And basically for the reasons that you said is like the control of those low notes. Mm-hmm. And it is very difficult mm-hmm. when you're singing that low. It felt, it never felt out of control. It mm-hmm. always felt, didn't feel easy, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's supposed to sound mm-hmm. easy, I, but it felt like very in control mm-hmm. and, and very beautifully sung. Um, this was one of the first arias I heard mm-hmm. when I was younger. Uh, and it kind of like catapulted, I'm not saying it catapulted into me being a mezzo, but it kind of like fulfilled my mezzo dreams. Yeah. And I want to sing this aria so bad. Do you like, not sing it? Not right now. Okay. They're like, wait five more years. Yeah. And I and I know why. It's because, and I admire the second singers. It's just this endless, endless long line of sound. Yeah. And I know how hard it is to dip dip into chest and yeah. then have to swing it right back yeah, up like without it sounding six or a major I forget what yeah without it, it sounding like it like true break yeah and the second singer does that so well yeah and she never really flipped the first singer I could definitely hear when she yeah. like went into her lower register and I felt yeah. like she was running out of air thank you That's like uh, she would just end the word and i'm like oh god yeah. girl i feel you yeah. like i felt her pain and she that's, was descending so that's exactly <laughs> what i was going to say like the first singer gorgeous beautiful, beautiful voice. burnished tone quality but the management of the breath was not i was like there. rising yeah. my chest she, i was like keep and it, just keep like it, dinah keep it, said keep like keep she it. got to the end of the phrase and she ran out of air you could hear oh. that the, the phrase just cuts off so sad. whereas the second singer really shapes the mm-hmm. end of the phrase and actually takes more breath than the first singer, but you don't notice it because it's taken so smartly. Like she yeah. takes a breath that doesn't interrupt right. it the takes idea of the phrase. Such you know? an intelligent yeah. singer to know your own body and how how to breathe yeah. for what you need for what you need to get through. Because not everybody Phrasing you know, is does one of the hardest same. things to explain how Agreed. to do it and what it is. But once you understand what it is as a musician and you hear that type of phrase, and you're like, oh, that's amazing. You know, it's brilliant. Like legato singing is so difficult yeah. because it's endless, endless, endless line, and it needs to feel like it's going somewhere, it, not just that it's long. So the, se- the second singer does that the really second well. singer, The second singer has a famous overactive ch- chest voice, but in this recording at least, and in performances I've heard, really tempered the chest mm-hmm. voice with head so that when she made the leap up, it was already, you already knew that sound was coming. It wasn't a big surprise. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, because some singers go into chest and you hear a real gear shift. You oh, know? yeah. But You're... the first singer, the challenger, Denise Graves, is beautiful mm-hmm. and has sung that role mm-hmm. and, and does this music beautifully. Like the color of her voice is just Yes, and, and she's a beautiful woman and oh, she's yeah. a great actress. Oh, yeah. so. She's a knockout. All right. Oh, next, that was hard. Next round, uh, How to Not Get Lost in the Crowd. 
how to, you know, stand out mm -hmm. as a mezzo-soprano, which is usually right in the middle of a texture. And in a finale, let's hear the second uh, act finale of Carmen, how to really stick out and show that you are the star of the show. <laughs> really hard thing to do when you're a mezzo and there's sopranos and a chorus and an orchestra. And um, let's just say that, um, you know, both of these singers are famous in this role. Um, and uh, you'll you'll know what this is Carmen uh, act and act two of Carmen is the hardest act for Carmen. She has the uh, gypsy song in the beginning. She has um, the uh, quintet mm -hmm. with uh, with Remondado and the two other uh, gypsy girls and Don Cairo. Uh, she has her dancing song that she sings before the flower song. Then she has the duet with Don Jose and then this crazy finale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's sort of like wipe wipe like the what? calendar on the floor yeah. <laughs> what that was a no contest definitely so this is a really yeah. tricky thing so like i said act two of carmen mm -hmm. is a really really tough sing for the carmen and uh this is the big concertato finale and you know not only did the second singer do that crazy <laughs> bel canto flourish right but it was sassy there was like something yeah. about the way she sang it, it was just the, the way she used the rhythm the way she you know rubato and it just, it just felt like somebody in control of the situation. I was Where, exactly going to say it felt commanding in yes. the way that the first take just felt sluggish. So, well, I wouldn't say sluggish. I mean, the first singer was amazing in the role of Carmen. That was Grace Bunbury Grace from Bunbury. her. Mm. Super her, hot. Uh, yeah. Yes, from yeah. her uh, 1970 studio recording oh, under yes. Rafael Frubeck de Burgos. Um, she is, was a great Carmen. Uh, but she also started to go soprano uh, in the middle of her career. She switched Fox. Huh. Mm. And you could hear that mm -hmm. the voice has a lot of head to voice in it. And she doesn't really dig into the chest the way the second right. singer can. Like, she has amazing chest voice, but she's sort of preserving herself, you know, because you have two more acts to sing and you have that crazy fight with Don Jose at the end of the yeah. opera. So you can't spill it all you know, in the second act. You know, It's opera box score on WNUR. I, it's, I really appreciate you, Oliver, saying that Act two of Carmen is the hardest thing to do because I'm directing this show for the first time mm -hmm. this summer. And it's great to know... With Chicago Summer Opera? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, up in so. uh, northern Michigan. Okay. Uh, it's great to know where the pitfalls are and where the really hard stuff is. In yeah, I mean, she doesn't get off. Staging. She's on stage the entire time yeah. in the second yeah. act. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a yeah. big thing. And then my production, coming. when it takes place on a, a <laughs> women's basketball team, mm. it's going to be that much harder. Uh, what? <laughs> That's your concept? Wait, what? That's what I got right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. women's basketball team. Okay. Um, oh, George, awesome. you were my, you directed my first Carmen scene. Aw. Yeah, you did. Look at that. I remember it. It was the, uh, the, the, card, the scene. card scene, of yeah. course. Nice. At DePaul? Or yeah, DePaul? it was a scenes class. It was yeah, super nice. fun. Um, anyway... So uh, what? You, have, you have something to say? <laughs> I, I mean, just the first singer was beautiful, and I knew yeah. exactly who it was right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but she, like, kind of got, I was like, she wind her chest voice, like, 50%. I was yeah. like, come on, girl, just give into it. Yeah. And, like, the second singer yeah. just, I don't know. I've yeah. never heard anyone do that before. Like, the yeah, way that, that she. Was, that was insane. That was pure. But, like, like the way roll, she you know? started it, it was, like, yeah, like, really sassy, like, yeah. right on point. Yeah. It was fierce. It was attacked almost and you yeah. could definitely tell that she was carmen like yeah. there wasn't you know i was like obviously this is carmen this yeah. has to be carmen just yeah. by how the way she's saying it so all right we got we got one more round here do we need to break away or are we gonna let's go let's do it okay yes so let's see if we could put all these things together <clears throat> mm. and create uh you know or find a piece that has everything that you know has the necessity to go into chess voice that has the color to our fireworks that has the stamina and like the the way the excitement to build to a climax like you know the 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 idea of how to preserve yourself but also give a lot at the end so that the end is exciting uh this is a really hard thing to do and going back to bel canto rossini wrote the most amazing music for mezzo soprano uh some of the most challenging music and we're going to hear the challenger from 2010, who is now singing this role a lot. This is from the opera La Donna del Lago. This is Malcolm's Aria Mura Felici. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
I would have, yeah, peed my pants a little bit. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so the cat's out of the bag. Uh, We are talking about roles that Marilyn Horn have sung. Uh, These Rossini, alto heroines, Handel, Carmen, Delilah. I mean, that was very obvious before I spilled the beans by accident. Uh, The first singer is Daniela Barcellona, who uh, sang the HD broadcast of La Donna del Lago (coughs) just, I guess, last year or two years ago with Mm -hmm. Joyce Donato. and that was uh, from 19, uh, I'm sorry, 2010, that performance. And then we heard the famous uh, live from Lincoln Center concert with Pavarotti, Sutherland, and Richard Bonning from 1981. So that was a live performance. Oh my so, God. yeah, there are some rough edges, you know. But she did that stuff in front of an audience. Yeah, it was crazy. so risky, you know. Just the pronunciation is fantastic. The low notes are just so solid, so expressive. I yeah, mean, but also she, out singing. she does crazy like phrases that go high and low, that go fast, that are really, really risky. There's so that nuts. one c- cadenza where she did like a, a turn up to like the highest note, and yeah, then it's so crazy. And then the cadenza at the end, the interpolated <laughs> cadenza, she's the only person that does it. She invented that. There have been imitators of that thing that were the the end and the low note, you know. Yeah. But that was she was the first person to do that. I love that. Yeah, it's it's insane. So the reason why we're talking about Marilyn Horn today is because it's her birthday. She's eighty two years birthday, old. Happy birthday, Marilyn Horn! I love you. And <laughs> Marilyn Horn is a true inspiration in my life, and Same. I probably sing because I'm inspired so much by her career and what she's done. And she's now, uh, you know, really into education, and she has the Music Academy of the West, and she has her song series, and so so much that she's giving to the singing community at large. I know we're way over time right now, but I just wanted to, you know, show our audience if you never listened to. Marilyn Horn. These are great recordings. Uh, we heard mostly studio recordings for the first four clips, but the last one, once again, was live. So Amazing. Oliver, that was a mega TKO. That was the first was. ever Royal Rumble. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was amazing. Fantastic. Thank you. Like I love Marilyn Horn so much. So that was a treat. Too. We're going to step incredible. aside for a second here on Opera Box Court, WNUR 89.3 FM. We'll be right back. <laughs> From Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this. You know that today, one out of every four American kids is Hispanic? 
That means many of the future doctors, engineers, scientists, and entrepreneurs of our country can be your kids. We all know how hard it is for you to send them to college. This is why we want you to know you are not alone. Many support you, and the Hispanic Scholarship Fund helps you prepare, plan, and pay for your kids' college education. Learn more at hsf.net. Brought to you by the Hispanic Scholarship Fund and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Opera class. Sports radio crass. This is Opera Box Score. Who made the grade? Here's Monday evening quarterback. George Cedarquist here on Opera Box Score. Welcome back to the show. Hanging out with Oliver Camacho. Hi, everybody. And Dinah Fisher. Hello, hello. We're still sweaty from the <laughs> mega. I'm already yeah, when, when Marilyn Horn took off her mask just now, we we're like, oh, my God, it's Marilyn it's Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Monday evening quarterback. We haven't done this either for a while because there haven't been a lot of shows out there. It's our review segment. Mm. Uh, Oliver got a chance to see Mozart's The Magic Flute at yeah. Lyric Opera of Chicago. Take and us through it. I'm embarrassed to say that I did not go to the first cast with Andrew Staples. Uh, I should have, but I really wanted to save my press pass for Matthew Polanzani, friend of the show. Drink. Yeah. No, we have... Yeah. <laughs> friend of the show. Uh, so... Matthew Ponzani uh, singing Tamino was exactly what you wanted him to be. He was elegant. The tone was beautiful. He's a stylist, so he makes really, really smart decisions. He never makes an ugly sound. And he just, he knows this music so well that he really, Mm -hmm. he understands Mozart. I mean, he's made his bread and butter of his careers. Is that the way you said it? You know, bread and butter of his career is Mozart. Was he the best thing in the show? He wasn't. Uh, Well, I'll get there. Uh, Other nod to Christiana Karg who sang uh, Susanna last year mm-hmm. at, here at Lyric Opera and now is assigned Pamina. She's a little wisp of a woman. She's very beautiful, tiny. They had her dress up like Snow White. Um, very, very fragile, feminine characterization. Uh, the Papagena was the, I think he's Czech or Turkish or Hungarian. He's one of them. God, I should probably know that. Uh, Adam Pacheca. Eastern uh, European. One of th- yeah, I should probably figure that out. But he hilarious, really, really funny, um, really lovable, prognative. So he's check, check, okay. Okay. Uh, and then we had uh, some really great standouts in the ensemble. Uh, Laura, Lauren Decker as the third lady. You don't get much no. notice lot, as a third lady. You don't get a lot of props for third but lady. But she nope. has got a powerful <laughs> instrument. Yes, and, girl. Yeah, and she, I mean, all this, the three ladies are Ryan Opera Center. Annie Rosen was a second soprano who was... Mm-hmm. Our guest, and the first was uh, Anne Toomey, and mm. the first soprano was ama- first lady was amazing, but Lauren Decker really gave provided the bass for them. It was like doo-wop or Andrew Sisters, you know, like she oh, was so hot. And, That's hot. yeah, and she looked so amazing in her costume. 
Uh, Rodel Rosell as Monocitos was hilarious. Oh, gosh. He, he stole every scene. Such a physical singer. I mean, he does so much with his body. I mean, he puts a lot of singers to shame with how much he can act and still produce, you know, tone that projects really, really strong middle voice. He's hilarious on stage. He destroys yeah. everything in his path, <laughs> yeah. basically. Uh, he, weird, but Jesse Donner, who um, sang uh, Fro in Rheingold, mm. uh, he was the second or the first armed man, and his voice was like a trumpet. Like he was the loudest thing on stage wow. in that little, huh. that little kind of like modal thing that happens during the trial scene. But the person who stole the show was the Queen of the Night, mm. and. I wasn't crazy about this production. It's the idea is that they're presenting magic flute in a backyard in the fifties. So it kind of gives, you know, the rationale for all the sexism <laughs> that's in the show, all the misogyny's in the show. The costumes were all like people, you know, finding stuff in the house that make it look like they're in an opera, like, you know, lampshade on your head type of thing. Mm-hmm. And they had the audience on stage for the entire first act, like the, the audience, the fake audience. So we always know that we are in a play within a play which makes it very hard for the audience, for me, to get in really involved with the characters. You always feel like you're watching something, you know? Right. It's not... Right. But um, despite all of the problems with the production, um, Catherine... Uh, is that her name? Catherine Lewick, uh, Queen of the Night, making her lyric debut, stole the show. It was amazing. Let's hear, actually, uh, a minute from the first aria of the Queen of the Night. This is from a different production, but this is what the audience was treated to, um, and what they have been treated to in this production. Yeah, that is one of the few times I've heard that top note of yeah, that little... Yeah, a high F <laughs> above high C. So like, yeah. really sustained. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a little... Yeah, she could have held it out. <laughs> like, candle yeah. in the wind. I mean, and she like, really held that The yeah. color to her before that is some of the hardest pastrook in the standard canon, and people crash and burn on that thing, mm-hmm. and it makes the role of the Queen of the Night one of the hardest roles in all of opera. If you can just do that pastrook and sing an F in front of an audience, you know? And she did. And the second aria was just as good, if not better. And the audience went crazy for her. I mean, they she should. got the longest ovation. Good. You know, it was it was fantastic. And I, it's definitely worth going to this production just to see, to hear her sing. This wow. show should always be a sellout. Was it a full crowd? Yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, definitely. That de- de- very full crowd. And very appreciative audience. I, I think people largely enjoyed it. I had other problems with the production um, and I, with the conducting on top of that. Yeah. But it still was a very fun fun night in the theater, you know. It's running through January 27th at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Thank you, Oliver, for the uh, Monday evening quarterback. You're welcome. That was fun. We're going to move on to the two-minute drill, all your opera headlines. This just in... The two-minute drill. 
Time now for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes or less. The Metropolitan Opera has canceled next season's new production of Verdi's La Forza del Destino that was to be directed by Calixto Bieto. General Manager Peter Gelb said that the cancellation would save a million dollars. Quote, it's obviously something that I'm not happy to be doing, he added. Conductor James Conlon has renewed his contract at L.A. Opera as music director until 2021, which will be his 16th season with the company. Over the past 10 years, he's conducted 50 different operas. The 25th edition of Placido Domingo's Operalia competition will take place next July in the former Soviet Republic of Kazakhstan. The country is still ruled by its last Soviet-era leader, Nursultan Nazarbayev. The 2017-2018 season announcements have begun. Houston Grand Opera claims to be the first major U.S. opera house to be staging Leonard Bernstein's West Side Story. At the 2017 Aldborough Festival in England, there'll be a new production of Britain's A Midsummer Night's Dream and the first ever festival performance of Billy Budd. Back in the U.S., conductor Glenn Rovin, who led inauguration concerts for President Bill Clinton, set two of Hillary's speeches to music, had them performed, and then filmed by some of the leading names in opera. These will be released as a film this Friday. Most bizarre story this week, the Sydney Opera House has applied for permission to convert six areas of the Opera House into, quote, experience accommodation. Over to the disabled list, Russian baritone Dmitry Vorostovsky, who's already in treatment for brain cancer, was hospitalized with pneumonia in St. Petersburg on December 20th. Soprano Sonia Yoncheva has pulled out of a production of Massenet's Manon at the Monte Carlo Opera House, stating severe back pain is the issue. And that's the two-minute drill. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Dinah Fisher. So much there on Two Minute Drill this week. We don't have a ton of time. Part of me almost wants to save the big top story, which is about this cancellation of uh, Forza del Destino until next week. It's well, very topical I'm sure right be, now. There'll but... be more that comes out about right. it. But, Let's save it. I mean, they haven't really announced their season yet, so this is it's still early enough for them to to pull this out. But, I, I, yeah, but this I, was going to be Bieto's uh, debut of American, or lyric, New York Opera, Metropolitan Opera uh, <laughs> debut, and they're replacing it with Verdi Requiem, which actually is going to do very well because it's like they don't need they don't need to spend money on a costumes or like on set design. No, of course not. And James Levine is conducting, and they've got like star Ooh. singers. So, you know. I just, it seems to me that, that this is a very poor choice as a way to save a million dollars. There's lots of ways to save a million. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money. It is. No question. So they purely canceled it to save money. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. They have a huge budget deficit. Right. Well, yes. That's going to be an expensive show and it's probably going to be very controversial. I Uh, see. Right. He uh, is one of the most controversial directors working in the world today. What do you think he would do? Uh, this is a brand new production. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine getting I'm into the sure. mind. I'm just curious. Like, no, it's think? definitely nudity. Definitely like people wearing Mickey Mouse masks. Definitely like fellatio on stage. Like all the things you yes. could think of. That's toilets. Usually, yeah. Toilets and Mickey Mouse yeah. masks. Yeah. I like nudity. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'll let. I'll, 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 maybe I'll put some some of his Bieto's past productions up on the website. That'd probably be a good thing. This is what's strange is that earlier this year. Gelb announced the cancellation of Stefan Herheim's production of Wagner's Die Meistersinger von Nuremberg, which again, Herheim is another absolute cutting-edge avant-garde European director. It seems strange to me. Is it on purpose? 
Gelb said, quote, it's an unhappy coincidence that mm. those were the two productions that got canceled. The the Herheim production because of logistics of fitting the produ- the, this production but into are they the still doing, stage. Are they still doing Meistersinger? Do we know that? Because uh, Meistersinger is one of the longest operas in the repertoire. I, I don't think they're do- I don't think they're doing Meistersinger. And next anything year. that's like over three and a half hours usually gets into overtime with orchestra with union mm-hmm. union right. you know. So again, and there's been no comment from Bieto up to this point about the cancellation. Uh, I, I don't think that Ke- Gelb has it in for like wacky European directors. Yeah, but it huh. just I, I think he's going to regret this decision. I really do, and I think it's really robbing. New York and frankly America's opera audience to see Bieto's work. All right. Here's another terrible <laughs> choice. <laughs> and silence. And scene. Here's another terrible <laughs> choice. Having the Operalia competition in Kazakhstan is this is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. I mean it takes weren't the Borat, you know the character of yeah, Borat. Yeah, 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 wasn't yeah, he yeah, from yeah. Kazakhstan? Yeah. 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 I mean, I come on, so, Domingo. But, think, my man. Think. What, why are you doing this? Wh- I don't see the problem. I'm sorry. I don't see the problem. This is what the corruption is so rife. So, in this what does country. that have to do with opera? Well, it, it's having the competition there uh-huh. is enabling mm. and supporting corruption in this country and legitimizing it. Mm. Wow. Okay. I think it's nice to bring opera like to places that maybe need it. You know, maybe they'll. It'll make them see the light if they get Maybe to hear. Maybe that's what they think. If they get to hear, <laughs> you know, the Operalia winner sing, you know, Vilia or whatever <laughs> she ends up singing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on my political bent tonight. Yeah, and we'll wrap yeah. we'll wrap it up with this I know, story. I didn't know you were such a Stan hater. You know. Uh, here's here's the last political story. Is the um, alternative inauguration or the anti inauguration, as it's being called? The, the lineup Ooh. for this Glenn Rovin concept where he's setting Hillary's speeches to music. They're having sung. Here's the roster for the singers that were on this project. Nathan Gunn, Patricia Rossett, wow. Lawrence Brownlee, wow. Matthew Polanzani. Wow. And that was maybe four out of 20 people That's insane. that I found that are doing this thing. So if there's any link to put on the website, it's going to be this one. You were, hot, you were hot and bothered about Sydney Opera House trying to make some extra money using. You know what? What? I'm, I'm using Airbnb, so look, I use not? Airbnb too. <laughs> I now realize that that pales into insignificance into to some of the political yeah. injustices. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, well, dare I say the uh, the inauguration I think and it's the cool anti-inauguration? Concept. So, yeah. we got to wrap this show up with our good call, bad call. We'll take you guys home. Good call, bad call on Opera Box Score. Thanks for hanging out with us today on Opera Box Score. Good call, bad call, and Dinah Fisher, what do you have? First, One of those? Um, I have a good call. It was President Obama's speech that happened last week, and um, I was really touched and I cried, and yeah, this week is weird. <laughs> I feel a little off this week, um, but if you haven't, I'm sure everybody listened to his speech, but it was just, I mean, the moment that he teared up talking to Michelle, I was like... I was crying. I was like weeping in my tea. Um, it was just, it was beautiful. And I hope everybody's, I don't know, I hope everybody's feeling okay and we can get through this week in peace and kind of see what happens. Oliver <laughs> That's my Camacho. Good Bad call. Uh, Jackie Ivanko is blacklisted from being on this show. Real. Andrea Bocelli <laughs> pulled out of his inauguration yeah. uh, performance 
Um, for him. As well, he should have. No, but good call. A real good call. Um, so Catherine Lewick, who continues to sing Queen of the Night until January 27th at Lyric Opera of Chicago, is also making a guest appearance with Music of the Baroque next weekend, uh, Sunday and Monday. She'll be Ooh. singing uh, the soprano solos or some of the soprano solos from the Mozart Mass in C minor Beautiful. with Susanna Phillips. <gasps> so... Go hear Susanna nice Phillips lineup. and That's Catherine Lewick singing Mass and C Minor. Has some of the most beautiful music ever written for the soprano voice. Agreed. That's it for this week's show. Our announcer is Norm Waddell. Visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com, V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S.com. Amber Carter is our sound technician. At WNUR, the programming director is Nick Anderson, and the general manager is Brock Stussy. Our theme song is Vodka Inferno, written and performed by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. On Facebook and Twitter, search for Opera Box Score. Like our Facebook page, share and comment on our posts, and tweet us at Opera Box Score. Subscribe to our podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Hey, look, give us 30 seconds of your time. Leave a review on iTunes. It's the cheapest and fastest way to promote our show. The creative consultant for Opera Box Score is Oliver Camacho. For Dinah Fisher, I'm George Cedarquist, asking you to continue the conversation about opera for the next four years. We're back next Monday night at 9 Central with more headlines on our hot takes on them. Be there. Street Beat is up next. This is WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago. Chicago's sound experiment. <laughs>